Allow me to reintroduce myself. Now tuned into the greatest. What's up, people, and welcome to another episode of the Supreme Decisions Legal Minute Podcast. And today, I actually was going to do something else. But today's episode is actually going to be about something that I watched on Netflix with Hassan Minaj and his show called The Patriot The Patriot Act. And he's speaking about the broken policing system. And the funny thing is it was one of those deals because I'm watching this episode and he's talking about the five year anniversary of the death of Eric Gardner, Michael Brown, Laquan McDaniel. And the thing about it that was resonating with me was the fact that he used a lot of the terms that I speak about. And one of the things that he talked about the most was the fact that police are in the midst of fear training. They are trained to be cowards. Now, of course, that's not his words. But what he did speak about was that's it. They're trained to be reactive. And in most instances, they're trained to actually have the jump on anyone. And the craziest part about that is the fact that at no time are they talking about the one thing that they are signing up to do, which is to preserve life. At not one instance are they talking about that. And then he talks about several different trainings that the police are doing. And one of the places they spoke about was Minneapolis. Minneapolis has the second highest encounters of police shootings in low-income areas. Right behind my favorite target, the easy target, is Arizona who states that it's the citizens' fault they get shot because they're cowards. And they're training them to be cowards. They're training them to be afraid of everyone. They're training them that everyone is a suspect. Every suspect is out to hurt them. And they need to hurt that suspect before that suspect hurts them. Because they actually believe that their fear dictates law. Their feelings dictate law. When in fact... It doesn't. But then he goes into the statement of how difficult it is to sue a police officer. Simply because most police officers will not turn over records. And the funniest thing about that is I say that often. More often than not. And the easy is which is how I tell you to gather evidence, which is why I tell you to gather evidence. And for the most part, it's the purpose of you gathering evidence. Because one thing that everybody does when you're doing things the right way, when you're setting it up the right way, is covering their own ass. And what most are missing out on is the fact that easy is When you have a citation, the citation is evidence. When you go to court, 
the court case itself is evidence. Generally, they'll put in their police statement or their affidavit. That's evidence. And it also deals with them losing qualified immunity because I talk about constantly things such as ignorance and also willful acts. Many times they'll, well, many times I speak about how they're doing things <laughs> without actually even knowing if it's right or wrong or whatever. So, one of the things that you do is use their words against them because they can't fight against them. What you also have to do is understand that it has to be done in a reasonable time, reasonable fashion. So whenever I tell you, you have to go get a copy of their oath of office, you have to go do that quickly. Whenever I tell you, you have to go get a copy of their the police procedures, you have to go do that in a certain manner. Because at the end of the day, we see time and time and time and time again that they're not going to police themselves. Even though these police apologists will tell you constantly, oh, they're the good guys, you should trust them. These are the same people that are not turning over video footage of their actions. These are the same people that don't want you to see what they're doing because, you know, they're doing the right thing. These are the same people that is being taught to destroy police misconduct. They're the same people that are sitting up here that are getting upset for being held accountable for the things that they swore to God that they would do. And these are also the same people that if you ask them to do their job properly, you're the problem. But these are the people that want respect because they're wearing a uniform. These are the people that people say, hey, you should listen to them. But they're also not doing anything to earn that respect. They're not doing anything to require that respect. Because they're disgracing the uniform. And then you have these other folks that will take up for them. And then the one, the biggest things that I actually understood in this um, show with... Hassan Minaj, was the fact that he spoke about clearly established. And he also spoke about the winning of a lawsuit. Now, here's where a lot of what I say comes into play. Because one of the things I constantly tell you guys is you have to figure out what your level of justice is. It may be a couple bucks. It may be just this bastard switching jobs because you do realize that most of these MFs are going to do it somewhere else. They're going to be bad somewhere else. They're going to be doing this miscarriage of justice and defying their own words somewhere else because somebody will hire them. Not because of what they're doing as a good job, but they're doing it 
just to fill spaces because their union allows them to do that. And the biggest part about that is the fact that the union does not want accountability. But see, again, these are the good guys. Why should they be held accountable for the things that they do? Oh, that's because that's what we do with adults. When adults do something, they're held accountable for it. But we shouldn't do that to police officers. And my one of my favorite targets is McDonald's. McDonald's, you will sit up there and have an absolute fit about somebody not bringing us hot fries. But we'll say that a police officer hitting somebody over the head with a billy club that's not resisting is okay. That That's not... That's not as big as the fries. A cracked skull is not as big as fries. Shooting a child is not as big as the fries. It's okay. But when you're understanding what he's saying is the fact that when we're suing, the reason we're looking for and the reason why there are things such as clearly established that can't be quote-unquote grabbed at is because of when you're looking at your level of justice, you're probably not going to go to trial. There's a good chance that's not going to happen. So you have to understand, you either have to put a number to it, or you have to put certain uh, expenditures to it. And at the end of the day, you're probably going to have to sign a non-disclosure agreement. Because as long as they're settling... They're not admitting wrong. They can cut you a check, but they're not going to admit that they're wrong. Because the second that they do, which is also the reason why they're not prosecuted. Because the second you prosecute one, you have to prosecute all. The second that you're sitting there and you're understanding that when you set the precedent by winning a lawsuit against a police officer... Everyone that comes behind you, that's the number they have to start at. And I actually love watching this guy because he often brings a comical side to what he's talking about. And even in today, one of the biggest mistakes that most people make is the fact that they either choose someone that has very little concept of how the federal procedures work or... They're going in with someone that is blinded to the actual process or have some type of misconception of what it is that they're looking for. Because when you're doing this, you have to be ready to go the entire way. You have to be ready to go through these things where these these good police officers will do things to kind of I hate to say it, harass you. They'll do things that kind of annoy you. And the funny part, again, is they're good people. At least that's what the police apologists want us to believe. Because if all police officers were good people, if all police officers followed the law, if all police officers actually held their hand up, put their hand on the Bible, and swore to do what they actually swore to God that they would do, I wouldn't have a channel. It wouldn't, need, wouldn't be a need for a channel. It wouldn't be a need for this podcast. It would not even be a need
for anybody talking about a broken policing system. It won't even be a need for anybody to have a question about why we can't have something from police if they're the good guys. And the thing is, you have so many people condoning bad behavior, but then expecting something better. I'm going to say that one more time. You have so many people condoning bad behavior, then expecting something else. You're expecting them to be something that they're not. You're expecting them to be willed with something that they're not. They have no reason to. They have no reason to be good people. Because most people are not taught how to defend themselves. And then the ones that understand how to defend themselves, they're a problem. Because you're asking a police officer to do what he said he'll do. And forbid, forbid, God forbid, you ask an adult to be a fucking adult. Oh my God, what? Why would you do that? Why would you ask a police officer to do what he or she swore to God that he would do? Who does that? What kind of person would you expect them to be? They're good people. Good people don't honor their word. Good people don't do what they say they're going to do. Good people retaliate and hurt folks. That's what good people do. Good people hide behind everything. They use other people to cover up all the good they do. I'm going to say that one more time because they're good people. I want you to I want that to sink in with you. They're good people. They're going to hide everything from you, but they're good people. They're going to lie to you, but they're good people. They're going to shoot and kill you, but they're good people. Because they're afraid of everything that you say, do, and think. But they're good people. And generally, it's the police apologists that are telling me this. Oh, well, you should ride along. Doesn't change the law doesn't change what is considered clearly established. And even with this, Hassan Minaj spoke to several different people. And one of the people he spoke with was a gentleman that actually trains police officers. And I want you to understand this. He's from Richland County. Because you remember, I actually told you I spent a lot of time in Richland County. I actually spent a lot of time with um, a couple guys that were that ended up being on live PD in Richland County. I also spoke about how one of the deputies that I was familiar with, how at the end of one of these live PD sessions, and also anybody that can find that video, please email it to me. I, I, I really want it because I want you to understand they're trained to think everybody's a suspect. They're trained to think everybody is out to hurt them. They're trained that everybody has a weapon. So they're training them to be cowards. But they're also trained to be first on the draw. You got to anticipate what they're going to do. And again, we're forgetting. Yes, we know 90, 95% of the people they encounter. You're not seeing a police officer and it's a good day. Nobody calls the cops because they're having fun. Nobody calls the cops when everything is going right. But then 
they forget about the 10% that have sense. They forget about the 10% that are doing what they're supposed to do. They're forgetting about those people who exist too. And then you talk about how this young man, Seth Stockton, law professor at the University of South Carolina, he spoke about the fact that these police officers are being trained to be scared. I'm sorry. I don't know about you. I don't need someone that's scared attempting to protect me. I'm sorry, I just don't. Because I don't deal with cowards at. I don't I don't do that. I don't roll with punks. I don't do all that. Because if you're soft, I can't ride with you. You can't you can't ride in a truck. And many of you that, that, that actually know me, you know I know what I mean by when you, you can't ride in the truck. You know, because I'm a Drake friend, but Drake can't ride in the truck. But when you're talking about somebody that says, you know what, I got your back, dog. I'm going to protect you. I'm going to make sure no harm comes upon you. But then the first thing they do is do coward shit. Can't ride with me. How are you protecting me if you're scared? How is that even possible? How is it possible for you to be afraid of someone or something and then say, you know what, I got you. I'm going to protect you. I'm scared, but I'm going to protect you. How does that work? If somebody can explain that to me, I'll, I'll accept that. But Seth Stockton talks about, again, Richland County and how their deputies are trained. And the one thing that I... I just cannot fathom is the fact that if you're training these people to shoot first, why are you then hiding what they're doing? Why are you lying about the um, tales of events? Why would a police union not want them to be disciplined for actions that go against even department policy? The department has a set of rules. Police officer goes against that set of rules. Why would you lie about that? If they're the good people. And I am not a guy that will bash police. I don't do that. The problem is, it's difficult to find good policing. Now, that's why I guess a lot of people kind of maybe caught that in the last couple of weeks. Because that's why I love El Paso. I met a young man, Eddie Campos, who actually certifies most police officers here in El Paso. And one of the things he and I spoke about was the fact that it's being done right. That's why whenever I was able to see a video of some idiot here in El Paso doing the wrong thing and then watch two of his cohorts allow his foolishness to continue and no one corrected his behavior it actually infuriated me because here I am I'm thinking that you know what damn everybody else in the country need to be like this because I've never experienced stuff like this and then the thing to watch him do on live PD and then to hear the commentators excuse his behavior to watch the other El Paso Police Department officers excuse and participate in his foolishness 
it's one of the most disheartening things I've ever seen in my life. Because the saddest thing is the reason I say, you know what? Yeah, let's start fighting back. Plant your feet, fight back. Because I'm, I'm one of the guys. I'm, I've been, like I said, I've been confrontational in my entire life. But one of the things that I had in my life was I had early memories of football. Now, there weren't a whole lot of games my father was able to come to, but one of the games he came to, and it was, it was to me, one of my best games. I had two fumble recoveries, three sacks. I, you know, I was out there doing the most. I was just, I was just out there doing my thing. You know, please don't ask me how many years ago it was, because that was a long time ago. And yes, don't act like I, I'm not gonna tell you. Oh, I was a good football. No, I wasn't that good. It was just one of them days. To, you know, the 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 light of the gods was shining on me or something. I don't know, but I was having a great game. And the one thing that happened during the game was there was a moment where. I was getting pushed around early in the first quarter. There was a guy, he was just he was just roughing me up. He was he was getting in my ass. He was he was just doing things that I I shouldn't even I, he made me feel some type of way. I, I ain't that the word we use now. We he had me feeling some type of way. So what I did, I bit down on my mouthpiece and I took my cleats and I dug them into the turf. And every time the ball was snapped, I just fired off as hard as I could. I didn't care about the rest of that because I just I got tired of being bullied. I got tired of him just kicking my behind. And I think that's what happened whenever I started doing this. Whenever I started fighting back through the courtrooms, whenever I started fighting back the legal system, I got tired. I got tired of being bullied. I got tired of being thrown to the street and a knee in my back, a gun in my head. I got tired. That's a traffic stop. That was a normal traffic stop up until my, to the age of 40. And one of the places that I love the most, Atlanta, Georgia. And it happened more often than not in fuck-ass DeKalb County. And the thing is, is I hated to see people that wore the uniform that looked like me. But here's the flip side of that entire story. When all of this foolishness was going on around me with the Rico and all the other actions that was being done and being said in the news and all that extra stuff, the funniest thing is, is it was other police officers that was helping me. It was other police officers that were talking to me. There was other police officers that was telling me how to move. Not because they wanted to take advantage of me, not because they wanted anything from me, but they understood that everything that was being said about me was a lie. And a lie spreads faster than the truth. But they also know that I was going to dig in. The problem is, understanding that I was going to dig in, they used that as a crux to say that I was David Koresh. They used that to say I was a part of some type of movement because I actually understood what was supposed to be done. Because I actually knew what they were doing was wrong. Because I was willing to fight. I knew I was a problem. They knew I was a problem. Because they knew I was going to bite down on my mouthpiece. They knew I was going to dig my cliques into the turf. 
because I was tired. Because that's the whole thing. I just wanted to be left alone. Just leave me alone. I'm good. Because I even had an issue where I had a DA get pissed off because they wanted to say I was hitting my wife. Because my wife didn't agree that I was hitting her, she got upset. So she said, you know what? I, I'm going to dead dock. And if you get so much as a ticket, I'm going to throw the book at you. I'm like, okay, bitch, you didn't even realize that I ain't been in trouble in years. Like, I ain't 19 no more. You know, ain't nobody willing to get smacked by a 270-pound dude anymore. And at some point, I was at 300 pounds. Well, nobody really in the mood to get smacked by me. You know, but at the end of the day, you had to understand that she didn't like the fact that I was fighting back. She didn't like the fact that we didn't agree with her. She didn't like the fact that I wasn't going to turn over no cake to her for nothing. And at the end of the day, it was one of those where we had to, had to, I'm, I'm actually trying to search for the words. What's, what would be a good term for that? You go ahead and fill in the blank on that, cause I I can't really think of one. But what I'm gonna what I am gonna add my my flavor in on is the fact that I had to make a decision. Was I gonna continue allowing the stupidness to happen around me, or was I gonna do something about them bothering me? And the problem was was I would look at things, and a lot of people said. I'd rather be judged by 12 than carried by 6. The thing is, I've been arrogant a long time. I'm not even going to lie. When I played basketball, I I wasn't Michael Jordan, but I'd be damned if I, I wouldn't give Mike a run for his money. If there wasn't a time I believed I could get as good as Michael Jordan. And then... I went and switched to another career, and it wasn't a time that I didn't believe I was the best at that. And now, going into this legal stuff, I don't think anybody can beat me. I've stood across from some really good people. I've stood across from one of the best attorneys I've ever seen in my life. But at the end of the day, I'm still undefeated. I look at a lot of these extra uh, I, I, I look at a lot of these people that talk about or leave these comments for me and they want to bring up things. Okay, cool. That's what's up. But it doesn't change anything that I'm saying. That's one thing that's beautiful. Because I always tell people, okay, you got that? Post a video. Make a video. Tag me in it. Let's have a conversation about it. If you decide to go into it, let's get it. Because at the end of the day, I know this. I'm good at this. And even watching Hassan Minaj this morning on Netflix and the Patriot Act, <laughs> the broken policing system, because, you know, I'm actually repeating it because it's on YouTube, and I think if you have Netflix, go watch it. If you don't have Netflix, it's on YouTube. Go watch it. And you'll hear what I'm talking about because you'll hear a lot of the same exact language that I use. You'll hear a lot of the exact same things from police that I say about police. And you'll hear people talking about the policing. And 
when you talk about one of the things that they talk talk about most in this video, because I didn't even realize it. It's, it started five minutes and 30 seconds in where he talked about warrior training and David Grossman or Dave Grossman. And the thing is with the warrior training, the warrior training is actually coward training because what happens is they inform these police officers that they were built to kill. They're built to be savages. And how you actually respond to a murder, it's just murder. It's nothing big. And a few weeks back, any of you that look at my Facebook page, you know, Supreme Decisions on Facebook, the page itself, I posted a video from the movie Belly. I posted the speech from the preacher at the end of the movie. And one of the things that held true 20 plus years ago holds true today. While we have a lost generation that are going through things and doing things without consequence, the saddest thing about that speech is the fact that we're having a conversation about police. We're having police that don't want consequences for their action. They want respect for doing the wrong thing. They don't want to be chastised for the things that they're doing wrong or being their brother's keeper. And you're talking about another thing that's on YouTube, and it's called the Warrior Poet Society, which, again, is something else that is training police officers to be afraid for their lives when, in fact, their life is secondary to their oath because their life was given up when they said that their number one duty is for the preservation of the citizen. The life of the citizen is more valuable than the life of the police officer. But the union wants you to believe that the police officer is more valuable than the citizen. But I'm going to throw something out at you because I'm going to go into a couple of things. Who's being policed if there, are no, if there are no citizens? I'm going to say that one more time. Who's being policed if there are no citizens? See, that's the dead air for you because I want you to think about it. Because who are you protecting if there's no one to be protected? If you're killing off everybody... Who are you? What, what job do you have? Who did you make a promise to God for? Who did you do that? I mean, I just, I just want to know. Just Anybody can chime in. Again, leave me a comment. I, I appreciate that. Good, bad, indifferent, I don't care. As long as we can have a conversation. But if you have nothing else better to say other than name calls, then you know, keep that shit to yourself. You know, because those that just want to name call, you can kiss my ass with your tongue out. Because at the end of the day, we are about doing something that builds one another and if you don't like it i don't care you know go do your podcast listen to your podcast and do what you do you don't have to because with me i'm not doing this just for name calling i'm doing this because if i'm wrong please i have no issue with you correcting me 
because that's what I expect from those that follow me. Because one of the dudes that I actually love is Derek Dexter Jackson. I'm hoping I'm saying his name right because it's not in front of me. But what I like about this guy is the fact that he doesn't name call. He doesn't agree with everything I say. He doesn't agree with how I say everything. But he puts things up so we can have a conversation about it. Because when he says something, he puts up cases that support what he's saying. Because he wants to have a dialogue. He wants to not only sharpen iron, he also wants to be sharpened. He also wants to make sure that he keeps his, as one lady didn't like, he keeps his credibility. And I'm going to actually go back because even um, San Fran girl, she had moments of clarity. And I appreciated that. And I even told her that. I appreciate you not name calling, just coming on here, not just saying stupid shit, not just posting opinion, but actually posting something that has substance so we can dig into it. Because believe it or not, I don't give everybody all the information at one time. You know, if you can actually understand that, you know, it. you can't even fathom the fact that I don't give you everything at one time. I don't sit you down at the dinner table and say, hey, here it is. Eat all you can. No, I'm spoon-feeding everybody. I get it. Because there are some people that know some things that I haven't taught yet, haven't spoke about yet, haven't gone into yet. But that does not stop us from saying, you know what, boom, that, it's out there. Okay, let's get a little deeper. It's out there. Let's go ahead and go. But now it's also one of those where Dexter Jackson pulls up something and he goes, boom, here you go. Well, with her, her thing was unlicensed practice of law. And she posted something that was a federal statute. And I appreciate that. Because now, guess what? I get another video that I get to do to go deeper into what she posted. It also goes deeper into what the actual practice is. Because even part of what was said, it wasn't wrong. It just didn't apply. And that's what I'm teaching, application. I'm te teaching application for you. I'm teaching application for me and those that want to use it. And the best part about everything that I'm talking about or doing or saying and all the other good stuff is you can use it or not. Doesn't bother me. Doesn't hurt you. It's just another bullet in the chamber. It gives you something else, some more ammo to go fight with. Because even part of what I'm talking about, it may not apply to you. It may not be part of this instance. But it may be part of something else that you come across. And you'll be like, oh, I've heard that before. And that's all I'm trying to give you. Make sure you got something that sits in the back of your mind, that sits and helps you understand that this isn't something that you're going to learn in a day. It's not something that I learned in a day. The bulk of what I learned was over a span of 18 months. And it was in clips of 15 to 18 to 20 hour days. It was the sharing of information with multiple people. It's in sitting and watching it in courtrooms. It's going to make sure I can verify not only the sources that I used initially, but to verify the sources of my sources. Because one of the things I even told um, San Fran Girl, um, 1984, was the fact that the stuff that I'm giving you, I don't have to worry about it. Because 
you can go to any library, any law library on any camp, um, university campus, any law library and any law firm, and any pretty much courthouse that has a law library and validate the things that I'm saying. And that's the beauty of this. I'm not giving you my opinion. Well, on this podcast, I am, you know. Uh, but on my videos, the Supreme Decisions YouTube channel, I'm not giving you opinion. There's no need to. Because if I give you opinion on there, guess what? You get to go ahead and flip that off because now I lose credibility. Because now I'm not talking about something that's in the book. I'm not talking about something that you can go verify. I'm not talking about something that you can just walk into anywhere. Pick up a book and say, oh yeah, he did say that. I have heard that before. This is how that applies. Oh, it's being applied like this right here. And it's understanding. The reason I did that is because that's how I learned it. I learned how to apply it. I didn't just learn case law. Because a lot of what I did whenever I first started was I was on the internet like many of us and I saw a bunch of things and then looking at these bunches of things I found out that a lot of them were not correct I found out a lot of them were not applicable and I found out a lot of them did not use the Supreme Court decisions but they was using bits and pieces from throughout the arguments the arguments are not the things that are sustained, but the application of the decisions remain the same if done through certain arguments. I'm going to say that one more time. The arguments that are done within cases are not sustainable if they are not in cohesion with the decision of that case, which makes them non-applicable. Because just because something said in a case does not mean decision was based off what that was being said. And that's one of the things that I had to learn because I had to decipher it not only for myself, but like I said, I had others that were around me that want to help out and get me into the right direction. But then we talk about the broken policing system from the Patriot Act, from Netflix, of Hassan Minaj, and when he's talking about Falcon Heights, Minnesota, the St. Paul's Police Department on July 6, 2016, and Philando Castile, and the warrior training, this young man had taken the warrior training. He had graduated just two years removed from that training. Philando Castile was in his Convince, and he had told him, yes, I am a licensed firearm carrier. So he was actually legal. He was able to be carrying a firearm. He told the officer he had it. He told the officer where it was located. The officer had backup, who was standing next to the vehicle, who also did not draw his pistol, who also did not take this warrior training, who was also not trained to be a coward. Yet, this young man goes out. He's yelling, don't move, don't move, don't move. Philando is not moving, not moving, not moving. He shoots him seven times. Why? Because he was trained to be a coward. 
He was trained to be reactive. He was trained that Philando was trying to hurt him. And even in the video that was released by the St. Paul Police Department, his partner yells, why did you shoot him? Why? Because he was complying with the officer's orders at this moment. He was complying. He still got shot seven times with a baby directly behind him. The calmest person in this situation was not the police officer, was not the police officer's partner. It was the two-year-old that was in the backseat that could have been shot. And it was Philando's fiance who was streaming it live on Facebook. They were more calm than the police officers that was involved in the situation. And Philando had just been shot seven times and she was more calm than the police officers. But what I do respect on that was the fact that right after it happened, the partner yelled, why did you shoot? And he immediately jumped into the car and removed the child from the car. Why? Because he was not trained to be a coward. He had not grabbed his gun. He was in a position to actually see what was going on in the car with Philando. But his officer who had taken combat training or warrior training was the one that was quick on the draw. He made it to Wild West. And then Minneapolis Police Department, St. Paul's Police Department, did not remove this young man. He quit. And the ugliest part about this is which most people don't even realize. Philando's family sued. They reached a settlement agreement, signed an NDA. This young man then quit and will more than likely be hired at another police department. Because I'm pretty sure we've heard about a police officer shooting someone in the back, being released from one of the police department, and then going to another, killing somebody 15 minutes later. I think we've heard about that before. Or shooting a 14-year-old child in a park and then going, being hired at another police department. Oh, yes, that was the Minnesota Police Department that rehired someone that shot a 14-year-old child. Yeah, that's, that's the same guy. So we're talking about this broken system because here's the crazier part, because this is one of the things that I thought was amusing. While we're gathering all this evidence, while we're doing all these things, while we're setting up the destruction of qualified immunity, while everybody's starting to cover their own ass, while they're destroying evidence, while they're lying on the evidence that they're providing, the one thing they're not allowing things to be is clearly established. Because I remember I told you guys, once they are sued, if somebody has been sued for that act prior, it becomes clearly established law now the reason you have these things is you have to understand the specifics of clearly established and one of the cases he gave he gave about a police officer that shot a child in the leg while attempting to kill their dog this bastard was such a horrible shot he didn't shoot the dog he shot a child and they sued in federal court and federal court threw it out because the way it was phrased. I'm going to say that one more time. The way in which they phrased the lawsuit. Because, again, they used his words of attempting to kill 
their dog he shot, which made it an accident. I'm going to say that one more time. The way they phrased it, if you think words don't have power, understand what I'm saying. The way it was phrased, it was thrown out of federal court because it was beyond clearly established. But again, remember, his first duty is to preserve life. He shot a child. He's still working. I spoke about three Arizona officers that have killed multiple people. They're still working. They're being promoted. But Arizona is feeling disrespected that although they're leading the nation in police shootings of citizens, that it's the citizens' fault. And they shouldn't be held liable for it. Or the citizens should be comfortable around them even though they're killing them. Because at the end of the day, what, what, what is it exactly that we're speaking about? What's going on? What's, what's the real reason that they're taught to be cowards? Is it easier to police someone that's dead? you damn right it is. But again, who are they policing if there are no citizens? Who are they swearing to protect and uphold and defend if it's not the citizens? What is it that they are afraid of? And if you're afraid to do your job, why are you doing it? And if you're going to teach somebody to be afraid, why not accept the consequences that come from that fear? Because a lot of times they tell, oh, you have no reason to be afraid of police officers. Well, police officers have no business being afraid of the people they're protecting. Because I often tell police officers, it's not the citizens that you're afraid of. It's karma. I want to say that one more time. It's not the citizens you should be afraid of. And it's not the citizens that you are afraid of. It's karma. Because karma comes back tenfold whether you like it or not. It's coming. And you're not afraid of me. You're afraid of the last person that you did something wrong to that looks like me. You're not afraid of my actions. You're afraid of the last person's actions that you did something wrong to that looks like me. I don't make you fearful because my cell phone looks like a gun. What's making you fearful is that you need my cell phone to be a gun so you can excuse your hurtful your wrong, your cowardice behavior. And even with Michael Eric Dyson, he spoke on here and he talked about that people don't have a hatred for police. They have a hatred for bad policing. The problem is, because even I even saw this yesterday and it was one of those that it it kind of gets on my nerves, but it's facts. Because people don't hate police. People don't hate the blue wall. The problem is they hate the actions of certain police officers. And they hate the reaction of others. Because they are not their brother's keepers. The blue wall will lie and cover up the actions of poor officers. Which makes them a poor officer. Which makes them a disgrace to the uniform. Which puts their life in danger. Why? Because they say one bad seed can destroy the whole bunch. They're allowing multiple bad seeds to destroy the whole crew. They're allowing this bad seed to put their life in danger. They're putting their 
familyhood in jeopardy. And then they're looking for excuses from us to excuse their excusing of bad behavior. I'm going to say that one more time because the reason why I do a lot of the reinforcing is to understand because, believe it or not, I have a lot of police officers that listen to my podcast, have a lot of police officers that watch my videos. I have a lot of police officers that are friends and family members. But here's the the crazier part about it. While they may not be involved in the foolishness, their life is still put in danger by their fellow police officers that are upholding the gang mentality of I'm wearing the blue and black flag I'm not snitching I'm you know what I'm actually just going to cover up a crime and become a criminal I'm going to become the one thing that I am here to stop I'm going to become a criminal because it's easier I'm going to tell people I'm giving them breaks even though I'm doing the thing wrong. I want them to believe that I'm right even though I know that what I'm doing is not the right thing. And then I'm going to expect those around me to say it's okay. I'm going to expect those around me to give me awards for doing this. I'm going to expect to stay employed because this is what they told me was okay. And because they said it's okay, that it doesn't matter. But here's the thing that I actually want to talk about. And like I said, I hate, I hate to talk about this dude as much as I do. But again, it's one of my friends. His name is John. And John is, he's overly laid back for me. He's been a police officer now, I believe, 23, 24 years. He's also in Atlanta. He's in one of the boroughs of Atlanta. And the one thing about him is the fact that every time I see him, he amazes me. This dude is like, he is like the anti-police for <laughs> Because what he does is not the normal of what I'm seeing from Atlanta police officers. And the thing is, he understands his job is servitude. He does not go out and just do things to generate revenue. He actually puts his life on the line, literally to make sure that others have not only an equal shot at good life, but also a shot at understanding that everybody's not bad. He's one of the people, he's been shot on traffic stops twice, and he still treats each and every person he encounters with the same respect. And the one thing that I love about it is the fact that When I ask him about it, he gives me the exact same answer every time. And it's, what if that's my son that somebody's pulling over? What if that's my wife that somebody's pulling over? And in court in Gwinnett County, what if it's my grandmother, my grandfather that somebody's pulling over? What if it's me that somebody's pulling over? Because I'm actually going to do probably the next podcast on how police officers are shooting other police officers. And thinking it's okay. They're threatening other police officers that are not following the blue wall. But it's understanding that he treats everyone like a human being. Why? Because if the the children are listening, go ahead and cover their ears. Because he want to make sure that bitch is beautiful. I'm pretty sure y'all remember that. Because when I spoke about Lil Wayne, he talked about karma. 
He said, if life's a bitch, make sure that bitch is beautiful. When you're talking about sowing the seeds of not having someone, quote unquote, retaliate, he doesn't sow the seeds of violence. He does not sow the seeds of being a coward. He sows the seeds that make that bitch beautiful. He remains a beautiful human being, so he expects beauty in return. He does not have to look over his shoulder. Why? Because he's not out doing things that would cause him to be looking over his shoulder. He doesn't have to sit with his back to the door in restaurants because he doesn't have to worry about somebody coming up behind him just because of his actions. But at the same time, these are the exact same people that's okaying the behavior of fools. Because a fool only endangers the lives of others. They're not a benefit to anybody. It's the reason that they're out here doing this stupid shit. But the problem is, these are the people that's being promoted. These are the people that are training people to be cowards. Because even when in Minnesota, when they had the warrior training outlaw, a former police officer with mental issues... I'm going to say that one more time. A former police officer with mental issues who has multiple showings of acts of violence. He's offering these trainings for free. Be violent. I'll give it to you for free because you're doing it on your free time, so it's okay. What? So you know it's going... Because, see, I, I've been watching iRobot for the past three or four days, and it's funny. But it it's one of the things that also bring to the mind of policing. Because you know a lot, of, a lot of y'all hear me talk about Minority Report. Because in Minority Report, they use the precogs. And the precogs get help the police get people before they commit a crime, which then means they did not commit a crime, so they're locking people up for not committing a crime and they're taking away free will I'm going to say that one more time because most of you don't even remember that movie because it was done in the 90's they were talking about pretty much martial law and taking away one's right to free will by anticipating a crime and that's what a lot of times we're doing and then when you're talking about iRobot one thing they talk about is the three laws perfect one is do no harm to any human being. The second is if there is a means to which harm must be done, you must at all costs protect the human being. Unless there is a conflict, then the right is to the human being. Doesn't that sound familiar? Because the first law of policing is the preservation of life of the citizen. They're given six to seven non-lethal options. But when you have things such as the warrior training, the first thing they grab is their lethal option. The first thing they do is become afraid for their life, not the life of the person that they're supposed to be protecting. They think they're more valuable than the people they're protecting. And the problem is you have these unions that protect them. And that's why I teach you how to get around that. Because one thing everybody does is cover 
their own ass. They'll leave it out there, but you have a means of taking it away from them. But you're going to have to do some footwork in order to stand on your own. Because you remember as a child, you had to do some work to get up on your own. It's not easy. You sit there and you watch a baby for months. You know, they pull up on stuff and then they fall back down. And they crawl around. And then all of a sudden one day, it, they just, it just happens. Now, you can't get them to sit down. At some point, everybody has to crawl. At some point, you got to get tired of crawling. You got to pull up, pull yourself up on the furniture. You have to use other things to stabilize. Why? Because you got the Bambi legs. You run around with the Bambi legs like you just had a workout, and you just it was leg day, and you were working heavy. Got the Bambi legs. But at some point, you got to be able to stand on your own. You got to want to stand on your own. And where we're at is understanding that even complying does not guarantee anybody's safety. At the end of the day, most of these cops are not trained on law because it's not law that they're enforcing. They're revenue generators. They're using aspects that they're programming into you with TV. They're programming into you with habit. They're programming these things into you because they're doing one of the things that they're trying to make you feel ashamed of things that are being done. Oh, well, you didn't do Oh, my God, I can't believe you did that. Oh, why would you do that? Why would you not do this? Why would you not do that? But then they expect everything to be okay. What happens when you have someone that is trained to be afraid of you? And then they do something even though you're doing what they're asking you to do. What happens then? Whose fault is it then? If I do everything that you ask me to do and you still do something wrong, whose fault is it then? And this is actually for the police apologists. Because a lot of people spoke about, oh, well, he did this, he did that with Philando Castillo. But the problem is, uh, yeah, the videotape doesn't show that. The audio definitely does not show that. He complied. He was shot seven times. You had a young man that was in Miami. The police weren't even out there looking for a five-eight black man. This young man was laying on the ground with his hands up. Police officer still shot him. Whose fault was that? He was laying on the ground with his hands up. And he still got shot. Whose fault was that? What happened to those that said that all you had to do was comply? But at the end of the day, nobody talks about things such as the warrior training. No one talks about being trained to be afraid of everybody. No one talks about that. Why is that? Because even even watching this video today, it was amazing to me. Because I understood something. Because I told you guys a few weeks back that a lot of my videos have been demonetized. And right now, everything that I'm doing is pretty much off the backs of you guys. Because YouTube isn't paying me. But then I noticed a few of my videos had ads back on them. Okay, cool. I appreciate that. But now when you're looking at it, why is it 
whenever I name a police officer that does something, I speak about the video that that police officer's in. Why is it the video then becomes demonetized if the police officer did everything that he was supposed to do and everything he did was correct? Why is it demonetized? Why is it whenever you question what's happening, we're looking at what's written as law, and we see that it's violated? Why is it something wrong with me because I make mention of it? If I talk about an incident that happens and I say the exact same thing a reporter says I say the name of the police officers that committed this action why is it then a problem for me to say that because even I even spoke about one where I did uh, I believe it was a video or maybe even a podcast I don't even remember but I spoke about the effects of the lack of sleep how it affects the body, blah, 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 blah. And then I spoke about Amber Geiger. Because there were a lot of people that, oh, that's not true, that's not true, blah, 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 blah. But then whenever I said Amber Geiger couldn't remember where she lived at after working just 14 hours, what happened to that's not possible? What happened to what I was saying was BS? What made Amber Geiger non-human? What made Amber Geiger higher or even better than the young man she killed? What made her lie that she stated four times? The truth. She gave four different events for the exact same thing. She said that she was tired after 14 hour shift. I talked about how the body is um, responds to the lack of sleep. But then all of a sudden now that someone that's a police officer goes through this quote unquote. Or say they went through this. It's now plausible because she put on a uniform and she's supposed to be treated a different way because I guess now she's not human but everybody else that applies to but not her because she is a police officer and my question is how is that possible because again she's one of the good guys even though she lied four times she's an honest person even though we sat there and we watched her we listened to her we sat up here and we're going through even the minute processes of everything that goes on, we're still asked to give her the benefit of doubt just because the uniform she puts on. But if what she did was correct, why does she lie about it? If what she did was right, why does she lie about it? If her actions were not condoned, why was it waited so long before she was released from the police department? And here's the greatest part about that. Her case was supposed to go to court on August 25th of this last month. Why is it not in the news? Because you remember I also said that she was being sued in federal court. I'm going to say that one more time. Everybody forgot about the video I did about her. 
she's being sued in federal court. This young woman is still able to get another job as a police officer. Even though she lied, not once, not twice, not three times, but four times, she took someone's life. They're expecting her not to be held liable. They were leaving her on her job in the place to which she said, hey, they overworked me. That's why I was unable to do the things that I was supposed to do, which violated Dallas um, Police Department's policy. But she's supposed to be the good guy. We're looking at all these other guys that are taking these trainings. We're looking at DAs that are accepting donations from police departments. And then we're wondering why they're not being prosecuted. Then we're looking at the fact that even the verbiage that's being used, if it's not done precisely, that's why I say I, I do it sniper-like. If it's not done precisely, then what is it that we're actually looking at? Because... If we're going to hold them accountable, we have to do it in a certain manner. We have to do it with a certain means. We have to do it in a means to where that it cannot be questioned. And the problem is many of us are having those questions unanswered because, one, we're not willing to fight. Two, we don't know how to fight properly. And three, we don't have the funds or the stability or support to fight. Because rather it becomes from fear of or convenience it's something that has to be addressed and the addressing of it is something that needs to be done immediately whether it's done by us or it's done by someone else it needs to be done and even if you're looking for guidance it has to be done but you're the one that has to do it no one can stand up for you other than you no one can be on your side more than you can be on your side because at the end of the day, you have to be willing to not only fight a little bit, you have to be willing to fight a lot. You have to be willing to lose in order to win. You have to do, basically I, I call it having a champion's mentality. Because when I coach basketball, one of the things I talked about, well, we're going we're gonna to practice like champions. Because every aspect of what we did wasn't just something that we were going to do from practice, we had to do something to build muscle memory. Now, if I'm half-assed going through something in practice, guess what's going to happen in the game? I'm going to half-ass in the game. So we had to practice like champions. So we didn't let up on each other in practice. So guess what? We didn't let up on our opposition during the game. When you're going to fight, when you're going to confront, when you're going to an adversarial system, you have to be ready to fight, and you have to practice the way that you're going to play if you're going to just express your opinion grab a microphone sit down and just start yapping because you're the only one that cares about your opinion but if you're going to fight law with law then you have to practice like a champion you have to be willing to leave it all on the floor you have to be willing to bite down on your mouthpiece and dig your feet in because you're tired. It's time to win. I cannot take it anymore. Are you in the point to where you can't take it anymore? 
because I've actually had some friends that had some legal issues that are around me that I told them, yeah, you can't talk to me anymore about that because you literally have that dude sitting beside you. you you're not, you the man sitting next to the man. And for those that don't like me toot my own horn, goddammit, toot toot. Because at the end of the day, I am Floyd Mayweather this shit right now. I do this to win. I get up to win. If you're sitting right beside me and you're choosing not to put me in the game, you cannot talk to me about the game. Because I can't have Michael Jordan sitting on the bench and then talk to Michael about, man, if you had been in the game... I'm going to say that one more time. I can't have Mike sitting on the bench and then talk to Mike about not playing if I had the choice to put Michael in the game. These are the things that we're encountering when you're talking about basically having everything that I said be validated through these things called the warrior training of police officers. You hear them say the exact same thing that I said this officer in Richland County said on live PD. And you hear a professor that's in Richland County that dealt with the training of Richland County police officers repeat damn near verbatim what I said I heard this officer say in Richland County. Not only does it become real, it becomes tangible. It then shows like, oh shit, that wasn't his opinion. He did hear that. These are the things that we have to address because these are the things we have to correct. This is the behavior we have to change. And the only way that change comes is when we bite down on our mouthpiece. We dig our feet in and we fight back. And we fight to win. Because who knows, you may have three sacks and recover two fumbles. You might have the game of your life. But you have to be willing to go through something to get to it. Because that night wasn't easy. I had to face something that was scary to me. I had to face something that was actually beating me. You're going to have to face something that's scary to you. You're going to have to face something that's been beating on you. The question is, are you willing to bite down on your mouthpiece and dig your cleats in? And, again, if you got Netflix, go watch Haseem Minaj, Patriot Act, The Broken Policing System. If you do not have Netflix, go to YouTube. Netflix, Hassan Minaj, Patriot Act, The Broken Policing System. Go watch it. And in fact, the actual channel is called The Patriot Act. And this is very interesting. It's a good watch. And I'm appreciating you guys for listening today. And I want to thank my donor. I appreciate you. And today's episode is sponsored by Adina. I appreciate you fellow Texan and what I want to do right now is thank all you guys Apple Pay Venmo Cash App 
Google Wallet. The link is going to be in the description. I love all you guys, and I'll talk to you again next week. And don't forget about we got 100 days of Supreme. The last 100 days of this year, I'm putting out videos every fucking day. And you're going to get tired of seeing me. You're going to get tired of hearing me. But I'm going to keep putting it out. And like I told you, like Chris Brown, I'm going to keep coming. <laughs> Until next time. This shit getting colossal.